Yeah, let's, let's pray together. Uh, Father, we, we are so thankful for this evening, thankful for the time to gather and have a good time together and also just connect, uh, not just with one another, but with you through your word. And we do pray that that would happen this evening, that we would read this, the, the common story of David and Goliath with new eyes, um, and that we'd be challenged to um, rest in your salvation alone and stand in your strength alone. So uh, we lift these things up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so, so, this, so like I said, we're, we're taking some time this year to look at this thing called the upside-down kingdom of God. And like I said, that often God's ways are not our ways, and our ways are not God's ways. And often God's ways of doing things, whether that's uh, God's way of, of how He commands us to think about business, how He thinks about raising children, how we think about marriage, often it's, it's different than, than the world that we live in. And, and often, sometimes those things, they, they, they align together. Some of those principles and those, those, uh, those things, and sometimes they're in contrast to one another. So tonight we're looking at this theme of salvation. Um, uh, what is salvation, and, and how does salvation look in the upside-down kingdom of God? And, and I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this idea of salvation before. You know, when I say, say salvation, you probably think of, you know, being saved from sin, uh, which, is, which is true. Um, there's also uh, being saved from things like insecurity, uh, being saved... Uh, for things like purposelessness. Uh, there's a lot of salvations, um, uh, small s salvations, that God offers His children um, who come to Christ for ultimate salvation, who end up finding their purpose, security, fulfillment, uh, purpose, uh, which I just said, in, in Him. So all of us, uh, whether you um, grew up in church and you would call yourself a Christian, or if you are just, uh, this is your first night to step in church, or, or your friends who never, never really think about who God is and what it means to, to know Him and walk with Him. All of us have a common um, desire for salvation, whether we are in tune with that or not. All of us um, have feelings of insecurity. All of us can look at the news and look at the world around us and see that things aren't right and things aren't as they should or ought to be. Um, all of us can say that just maybe uh, deep down inside, we, that we, we sense that something may be wrong with us internally. And you may think to yourself often, what's wrong with me? Um, what I'm trying to say is we all understand uh, deep down, I think, I really do believe that we need saving. Um, but often a lot of us don't know what from, and we don't know where we look in order to be saved. Um, so we're looking at, like I said, this topic of salvation. And, and we're looking at the story of David and Goliath, which I'll read from in just a little bit. But, you know, um, a lot of you, how many of you have grown up in church and have heard the story of David and Goliath before, right? So a lot of you, it's, it's probably one of the most familiar, like, biblical stories. Um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, there's a handful of things that I, that I remember um, about growing up from, from stories about the Bible. Um, there were just basically three. I knew that from Christmas and Easter about who Jesus was. Um, I knew about Noah and the ark because I feel like just like with the animals and stuff and like I feel like, you know, there's always stuff about Noah and the ark. And I knew the story of David and Goliath because it's often used as a parable or a story to communicate not necessarily God's salvation and deliverance, but it's a story that's used to communicate um, the ethic of trying harder, right? Uh, that if you want to get through life, you just got to face your giants, um, just like David faced the giant of the Goliath, you've got giants in your life that if you just grab those five stones in a sling and face them in confidence, you'll, you'll overcome your giants. 
And um, I think that that's the biggest lie that you could ever believe. Um, the lie of self-reliance. That, that, that you can save yourself. Um, that you can provide security for yourself in the midst of your insecurities. That you can provide salvation from sin in the midst of your need for salvation from sin, right? Um, the Bible, it does, never communicates the ethic of self-reliance, but rather it always communicates the ethic of God-dependence. And when we read the story of David and Goliath, if we walk away with their thinking that I've just got to try harder, or do more, or learn more, or, or stand stronger on my own two feet, then we're completely missing what God is trying to teach us. God is, is inviting us not to trust more in ourselves, in our own efforts, but actually to trust in the salvation that He provides. Um, Facing the Giants was a movie that came out a number of years ago um, that communicates, it was about this, this football coach whose, um, whose wife couldn't have a baby, um, who was like on this, he was a coach of this really bad football team, and he was having a bunch of hardship and problems. And, um, and the ethic of the idea of the movie was just like, you gotta just, you gotta press on and press through. You gotta stand in God's strength, and you gotta move forward in God's strength. You just gotta, you gotta keep on keeping on. And if you try harder, and if you do more, you'll, you'll, God will bless you. And, and I just, after my, 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 you know, almost 20 years of studying the scriptures, I don't see Jesus doing that. And I don't see God inviting us to that. When Jesus goes and walks on earth, he doesn't, he didn't ever, I never hear him say to anybody, try harder, right? I never hear him say, do more. I hear him say things like, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. I hear him give, say to the blind, get up and walk. Not to, to, to command saying, hey, you lazy bum, get up and walk. No, because he provides the, 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 the um, he provides them with the strength to walk, right? He empowers them to walk. He empowers the blind to see, and therefore they see. He never tells the blind or blames the blind, right? You guys get what I'm saying? Um, the ethic of self-reliance and the lie of try harder um, is, 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 is probably one of the greatest lies that we can believe. If I just work harder, God will love me. If I just do more, then people will like me better. Um, the, the, the biblical ethic of, of true flourishing and true strength lies, like I've said, in this deep found trust in who God is and what He has done on your behalf and how He invites you to live in light of the reality that He is your great victory and that He is your great deliverer. Um, like I've been saying, David versus Goliath is all about God's salvation. And it's not that we can accomplish our own salvation or that we might be able to accomplish our own salvation with God on our side. We, like the Israelites in this story, are in total dependence upon God's anointed one to deliver us from the hands of our enemies. And this is, this is what we witness through the events that take place when David answers the call to deliver his people from the hands of the Philistines. Um, so, so this passage, 1 Samuel 17, that gives us an idea of David and Goliath, is because God is our Savior, we can rest in His deliverance. And that's, that's the big, big idea that I want you guys to walk away with tonight. Because God is your Savior, not your own effort, not your own deeds, not your own moralist, moralist, uh, moralism, um, but because God is on your side, because God sees you and hears you in your affliction, because God loves you because of these things, and He has sent Christ in your behalf. And as we see with the Israelites and David, that David is a... Is, is a 
that Christ is the greater David. We can, we can literally rest. We can, we can die to the lie of self-reliance. We can die to the lie of just do hard, do more, and work harder. And we can truly rest um, in his deliverance. Um, so uh, just a quick catch-up. So if uh, you're new and you don't know what's going on, we, we're taking a big jump. So if you were with us last time, we had a, we had a, a lawn party last week, but two weeks before, uh, we looked at how the people asked for a king. Uh, that the people of Israel wanted to be like the nations. They didn't want to be light to the nations, so they asked uh, for a king. And God, in his judgment, gave the people what they asked. And we're now fast-forwarding through the rise and fall of that king. His name was Saul. And he, um, you know, Saul was a really interesting character. He was a lot like Judas in that he, he prayed a lot, and he, he, like, he, there was a lot of spiritual and religious activity in the life of Saul. But what we see is that he tried to use his relationship with God and leverage his relationship with God for personal and national um, prosperity, right? Uh, so he, he didn't really care about God. He didn't really love God. He didn't seek to follow God. He just kind of saw God as another tool in his toolbox to help him lead and, and be, a, be a king. So in his disobedience, uh, God withdrew his spirit from him, as it says, and, um, and he now raises up his king, uh, God's chosen king, who is David, who I'm sure a lot of you have heard of before. And David, uh, this is kind of his like first showing, uh, so to speak. Uh, the people are encamped, and they're at war with the Philistines. And the Philistines' greatest um, warrior named Goliath has come forth and said, Send, send me your greatest uh, warrior, and we won't even have to do the whole armies fight each other thing. If you just send your greatest warrior, we'll fight it out. And whoever wins, wins. We don't have to... We don't have to if you guys win, we'll become your slaves, and if you, we win, you become our slaves. And no Israelite stepped up to the plate. Um, they all sat there fearless, thinking, how are we ever going to beat this guy? And then out of nowhere, David pops up his head and says, what are you guys scared of? Did you not know that God is with us? We can beat this, what he says, this uncircumcised Philistine. So I'm going to read this to you. Uh, and verse starts at verse 44. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. Uh, so you have a scene like this guy's like, why are you sending me this little guy? Like, is there not anybody better that you can send uh, that, that, you know, on my ground? Like, is this even going to be a challenge? And then, and then the Philistine said to David, right, he mocks him. My dog, but you come at me with sticks, right? Um, because he comes with, with uh, literally with, with uh, five stones and a sling. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Um, so it's not just that. It was, he, he, he not just cursed David, but he cursed Yahweh. He cursed God um, by his gods. And uh, the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. I mean, could you imagine if this was you? Like, I don't know what this means that Goliath was a giant. Um, but, like, imagine that, like, you go on behalf of the United States of America. We're at war with somebody, and there's this, like, 15-foot-tall dude, and you got to go, like, have a sword battle with him. And you're this little guy, and you go out to the field, and it's just you and him. And he's saying these things to you, like, come, come on, I'll, I'll kill you, and then I'll just give your body to be eaten. Like, I'd be like, what? I mean, I'd get out of there, right? Like, this is a really crazy scene if you really think about it. And then in verse 45, it says, And David said to the Philistine, You come at me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Right? So we see here that where David finds his strength in battle is in what? 
It's not in his uh, personal appearance, his personal strength. It's not in his own name, but it's in who? The name of the Lord, right? The God of the heavens and earth who created everything and sustains all things. And God himself is not too, um, too small for, 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 for Goliath. And then verse 46 says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I'll give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So you see that David's actions is to, is to, to do what? To make and display uh, the name of the Lord, not his own name, which was like his king before him, Saul. He wanted to make his name great, but David, his heart, wants to make God's name great. In verse 47 it says, that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, right? God is the great Savior. The Lord saves. He's the great Deliverer. But not with a sword or spear. For the Lord's, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hand. And uh, what's true for David and the people for Israel is true for us as well. Jesus comes, and He came. He didn't bring a sword, right? He didn't, he didn't come to lead the Israelites against the Roman army. But He came, and He gave His life through self-sacrifice on the cross so that we could have life, and he could defeat our great enemies. We don't face Goliath, but we face the great enemy of sin and death. And uh, Jesus um, goes to battle and fights the battle that we cannot win. And in verse 48 it says, When the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. So David is, he is confident, not in his own strength, but in, in the strength of the Lord. Verse 49 and David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell his face into the ground. And uh, you may wonder, how did that happen? Well, that was a, that was a salvation by miracle, right? Um, just as we may ask ourselves, how did Jesus rise from the dead? That was salvation accomplished by miracle, right? Jesus is the Son of God who is greater than death. And then God... Um, it works salvation through miracle. Uh, so then verse 50, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath in the gates of Elkron. So, so uh, David's strength in the Lord and his obedience to God and his, um, his, um, his confidence and strength in the Lord is contagious. Um, as we see here in verse 53, and the people of Israel came back from, the, from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their camp. And in verse 54, and David took their head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. He put his armor in his tent. So you see... Um, that, that phrase, he put his armor in his tent, communicates what? That there's no more battle, and that the war is over, and that they can rest, right? Because um, if you put your armor away, it means that nobody's there to attack you anymore. So there's this concept of, of the people of God, through David, their Savior, uh, have experienced rest in this moment. And that's, like I said, that's true for us, and Jesus as well, is that um, so we can try... We can quit trying to fight our own battles because God is our great Savior, that Christ is our great Savior. We can quit trying to save ourselves through our, you know, 
our, our morals or our opinions or, or what people think about us, people's opinions of us. And that true salvation is found not in our own names, in the name of Eric or in the name of somebody else, but true salvation is found in the name of Jesus. And because uh, Jesus is the greater David, the greater Messiah, the greater King for us. So just real quick, before you break out into your groups, now what? I just have five takeaways, right? Five now what's. And, and the first thing I want you guys to see is just beware of the mocking voice. Um, you, know, da- you know, David went, he had confidence in God, and maybe some of you can relate to David, that, that God is your confidence, that God is your salvation. Um, well, if that is true, then there's going to be voices that mock you and say, who do you think you are? Like, what do you mean that your, your strength is in God and, and you need a Savior? You're, you're weak. You don't need a Savior, right? I don't need a Savior, um, right? And that's, that's just not voice from others, but that's also voices from inside our own hearts, right? We, we have a mocking voice that at times is our greatest enemy. And, and what we see here is that David listened to a voice that was greater than the voice of the mocker. He listened to the voice of God, and that's where he found his confidence, and this, this two and three is kind of the same, right? Be, be aware of the lie of trying harder. So many of us, I don't know if it's just the culture that we live in or, or what it is, we think that the, the answer to our shortcomings, our pains, whatever it may be, is to do more, try harder. Um, and um, beware uh, that, that all because you try harder doesn't mean that, that, that your life's going to get better. Um, and I think that it really is true that that, that, that God really does. If you look at the narrative of Saul, he was self-reliant. He tried really, really hard. And if you look at the life of David, he was God-dependent. And you see whom God favored uh, by the heart that they had. Um, and it really is true. True strength is found in, in God, for the battle is the Lord's. We try to fight our own battles. We try to fight for our own salvation. We try to, to fight for whatever it may be, but the battle is the Lord's and, and we can trust and we can, we can rest that He is good, that He is just, and that He has won our, our salvation for us. And then number four is, is that, uh, the now what is that we can walk in assurance that God is your victory. You know, uh, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Um, that, 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 that the enemy was completely overtaken, that, 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 um, David put up his armor that he could rest in the reality that the battle was over. Um, and that we, we as, as, as Christ followers, can have that assurance. And we can walk in light of that assurance. That we don't have to worry if God loves us. We don't have to worry if God is for us. Because when we rest in his salvation, we, knew, we see that it's not about us. And that he has accomplished and proves his love for us. And then in verse 5, we see as David, he took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Right, uh, Jerusalem was the was the capital. It was the holy city. It's where the people of God gathered annually to to worship and make sacrifices. Right, um, David declared God's victory, and we have the same command as well for those who have tasted of God's victory. Is that we're called to um, to to declare that victory to the nations. We're called to declare that victory to others, because people are lonely and people are lost and people are trying to save themselves with a good career, with a, um, with a good reputation, with uh, whatever it may be. And if you've tasted the goodness of God and of Christ and rested in his salvation, you know that those things are empty. 
And we're called as Christ followers to declare his victory, not just that we've experienced it, but for all people of all tribes of all nations. So uh, that's all I have for the for tonight. Um, um, and uh, just a reminder, you know, um, and this is this should just fill our hearts with joy, with with rest, because God really is our Savior, and because of that, we can rest in His deliverance. And um, and I'll pray for us, and we'll be done, and you guys can break out into your connect groups. Um, so let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can um, declare the, the beautiful gospel of, of Jesus and not the gospel of just try harder or just do more or just learn more or just try and, and, and rely on yourself more. Uh, but we can say that we are the ones who, um, who can't do it, who can't save ourselves from the, from the great enemies of sin and death, um, but that you have accomplished our salvation in Christ and not just that, you don't just invite us to trust you in that, but also to walk in freedom in light of that. And I pray that you would help us in our groups to discuss what it looks like to walk in that salvation that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.